Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Yo, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Tim Lacombe sitting in for Gordon Monson today. Gordon will be back in a week or so. Tim's going to do a couple of days with us on The Big Show. Excited about that. Of course, former BYU coach, former Utah coach, current analyst right here with us on the uh, Zone Sports Network. You missing it at all? I don't know. After the weekend you had, I'm guessing no, not missing the coaching. No, I haven't, I haven't yet. Um, you know, very rarely do you kind of make a decision, get to make a decision, kind of choose. And, you know, this is this has been awesome. I would imagine the games roll around and the excitement of that at a certain point, you know, there'll be some tinges. But right now, all is well. Pretty good. All is well. You're not following every second of AAU basketball anymore. No, no. I used to when we were with Britton, and you know he's got an eighth graders coming up. I would have been, uh, I would have been stalking that kid, you know, ad nauseum for four years, and now I can just be Britton's buddy and counsel him on what. And it's all what good. I think. Yeah. I wonder you know, how tall Houston ends up. He's going to be big, I he's think. He's going to be a tall guy, yeah. yeah. He's going to be big. All right, let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now, he makes the magic happen for Basketball Insiders. He is Eric Pincus with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Eric. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. All right, Kevin Durant comes back. Of course, that's the big storyline tonight. How much of a difference is it going to make? Uh, I, I predicted the Raptors in five uh, before the series. I predicted that Kevin Durant would not play until the fifth game. And so far, my prediction is looking pretty good. And so while, yeah, it will change, of course, uh, because you've got Katie out there, I just don't think he's going to have the legs to do what he needs to do. Uh, I think it's going to take away in some ways, uh, not not in a negative way, but uh, go, the way that Curry plays, the way that Clay plays, the way the ball moves. Uh, when Katie's on the floor, the ball stops with him, and it's okay because he's KD and he can do amazing, amazing things, and he's arguably one of the best players in the league and an amazing mid-range shooter. But if he's not himself and the ball goes to him, I think they could be in trouble. Hey, Eric, uh, Tim Lacombe here. The, uh, the, the motto for this, uh, this run with the Warriors has been strength in numbers, and, and we've been talking about the fact that it's anything but that. Uh, their, their, their strength in numbers has been kind of uh, minimal, to say the least. Um, the, your thoughts on the last game and just how worn out the Warriors looked, uh, I think it was, you know, I've had a bunch of people talk to me about it, but the uh, looked as though they uh, they were basically at the the very end of their tank. Um, you think there's a, you think there's any uh, maybe some energy they gained from from KD coming back? Oh, I mean, of course. And that last game, I thought Clay came with tremendous energy, and if he lost some of it as, as the game went on, which is natural when you've been hurt. Uh, I thought really it was Steph who didn't have the energy. And I don't know if you can blame Steph for that because the game before, it was him against the world and he had to score like, what, almost 50 points and played up until the end. And I, I just thought it, it that game that they were obviously going to lose and they just poured on so much onto Steph's shoulders, I think he didn't have the legs in that last game. But they've had a decent rest. You bring in KD and it, it'll help some. It'll help all of it. Everything should be better in the sense that you've got a great talent that you're adding, but just the question to me is how good can he be, uh, and is it enough? Because I, I really love what the Raptors are as a defensive team. I love the you said strength in numbers isn't really working for Golden State, but it is working 
for Toronto because they, they really have more depth here. And that's, that's funny to say because you think the Warriors, they really had great depth through this, this stretch, but they just don't have it right now. So, yeah, they'll have more energy. Yeah, they'll make a show of it. Uh, they're on the road. They're going to come out and do everything they can to win this. Uh, they'll probably hit first. Uh, if they're down 10, I think they've got a late run in them. If they're ahead, uh, look out. I, I do think the Raptors are going to come after you to try to close it out. This is also a test uh, of that of who this Raptors team is. I mean, uh, the, the true champion teams, the ones that win, tend to understand that the opportunities to win are rare. So if you're at home, you've got to get it done. You can't say, oh, we, we, we don't have to win today. You've got to win today, and you've got to choke out your opponent, which is you know a rough way of putting it. But that's that's their that has to be their mindset. That has to be what they execute. Man, Eric, you had the Raptors in five. You had KD coming back in game number five. We've got to get some lottery numbers out of you. What's <laughs> what's dropping next, man? Let's let's make our listeners some money. Forget oh, the well, I mean, then we, we, we start talking. Uh, we start talking NBA draft and stuff, and my predictions for that. But that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, tell us why you felt so strongly about the Raptors coming into this series, and has it played out like you expected? Well, I. Uh, I saw the Raptors twice uh, over in L.A. I, I'm operating in L.A., so I saw them against the Lakers and Clippers. And they reminded me a lot of the Pistons uh, that beat the Lakers back in, what, 2004, was it, or something like that, right. uh, with uh, Chauncey Phillips and Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace and uh, Tayshaun Prince. And there was something about that team. I was like, man, this team just comes at you so aggressively, athletically. They're so deep, and they just have so many good numbers that can just come in. And they just just run the ball down your throat and they're so athletic and they're so good and the first game i saw them play they beat the lakers badly i mean and that was without Kawhi, uh with guys like serge Ibaka and pascal siakam and i was just so impressed by them so going into the series you look at the warriors and you see they really only have without kd two scorers and everybody else is playing off of them and draymond green as great as he is and andre gudala sean Livingston, these guys are their key role players but they're not scorers uh so after those top two guys uh, where are they going to go? And the, the reality is, is nowhere. I mean, that's in this series, they haven't had enough and they're relying on, on Steph to score 50. That's not enough or, or those two guys to combine for, it's just not enough points. And I look over at the Raptors and you've got really good solid players across the board and you've got Lowry as the setup man who can score. You've got Marcus Gasol, who's been the centerpiece of a team uh, as an all-star. And then, Kawhi Leonard is, is so good right now. I just love the defense. I love Siakam. Just every, I, I just saw more offense coming from the Raptors, and I saw the aggression and the defense being enough to slow down Stephen Clay. You know, my only concern would be their championship experience, other than Kawhi, for the most part, and Danny Green. They didn't really have that. Uh, and so that was really the question. So I wasn't sitting here saying, oh, this is a lock. Uh, the Warriors are still the Warriors, and, and that's why tonight uh, there's still some – uh, insecurity in my prediction. I, I can't change it. It's my prediction. Uh, but I'm, I wouldn't change it anyway. But uh, just knowing that the Warriors are so good, at, you know, they're, they're, they've been battle-tested. And maybe this is uncharted for them where they are now, but uh, this is a very special team. So you don't want to just count them out. And I do think they're going to put on quite a show tonight. Eric, there's a ton of uh, a talk uh, right now uh, about the free agency, and we're going. we're getting ready to go into a really exciting time. Jake and I were talking about how Exciting this time is, uh, you know, you, you look forward to the opening night of the NBA and you look forward to the playoffs, uh, uh, but you also, you're an NBA guy, You've, you, you, this is, this is stu- such intriguing stuff. Um, just touch on, uh, on the, the latest on Anthony Davis. Um, 
Obviously, there's some qualifications for a quote-unquote framework of a package that he would require uh, or the, the Pelicans re- would require. What, what do you see, uh, since you're, you're hot as a pistol right now, what do you see going on <laughs> with uh, Anthony Davis? Well, I wonder, why did that story leak out? And that, that, that's kind of where I look. Uh, who was the one who leaked that? And we, we don't know. We can speculate. Uh, if it was the Pelicans leaking that, then maybe they're trying to draw in other teams. And, and maybe they found that the market wasn't what they thought, which is kind of what my prediction was. And uh, the Lakers really over at the trade deadline with Magic Johnson running the show offered just you know, everything they had other than LeBron James. And, and really they were bidding against themselves because there, were, there weren't really any active teams at that point who were really going crazy to get him. And the Boston Celtics at the time couldn't trade for him. They still can't until July. But uh, I think any deal that's reached around the draft in the next week or so uh, will be actually executed in July. It'll be agreed to in principle before the draft and then pulled the trigger pulled. So the Celtics could get involved. Uh, the challenge there is uh, I don't know if Kyrie Irving's staying, and I don't know if it makes sense for the Celtics to go all in on Anthony Davis if his agent is saying he doesn't want to be there. It's a lot easier to argue that if Kyrie Irving stays. The problem is they don't know if Kyrie Irving stays until July, uh, and this decision probably gets made in June. And another thing is that the Celtics had a lot of picks going into this draft. They still do, but they're not great picks anymore. They're, they're not top ten, and both the Lakers and the Knicks have the best picks. The Knicks have number three. The Lakers have number four. So if those are the primary if, – if that's really what the Pelicans are looking for is draft considerations, uh, those two should be the front runners. I think the Nets have a relationship – uh, with Anthony Davis, uh, well, rather with the Nets, uh, because of uh, Trajan Langdon, who was the assistant GM there. He got hired from Brooklyn over to the Pelicans to be their general manager uh, under David Griffin. So he has a strong relationship, and it's a relationship business. So if there's a favorite based on relationships, it should be the Nets. But they don't have any draft picks. They've got guys like Karis LeVert and Jared Allen and some other really nice pieces, but I don't know if that's enough to get a deal done. So I, I like the Lakers here. I think they're the favorite. The Knicks have a shot. Uh, and then there's always that, that opportunity for a team to come up. I mean, we didn't expect, I don't think anyone really expected uh, the the Pacers to trade Paul George to, or, uh, to uh, Oklahoma City or for the Raptors to get Kawhi Leonard. So those were, those were surprises. So there's always that opportunity for someone to sneak into it. Uh, I can't wait to see how it, how it resolves, and I do think it will re- resolve soon. Uh, Eric Pincus is with us from Basketball Insiders. Uh, you mentioned you're there in L.A. You also uh, cover the Lakers for Bleacher Report. And what uh, have they? Do they have a direction going into this offseason? Is is acquiring Anthony Davis? Uh, you know what they're putting all their eggs into that <laughs> basket, or or what exactly are they going to do? Well, the Lakers um, are in a position where they have enough cap room to sign a max guy. But you never know who's going to come, right? You hope someone comes. Uh, it's harder to it's, – yeah, let's say it's easier to make the pitch to get a Kawhi Leonard or a Kyrie Irving or a Kevin Durant if you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on your roster, right? That's a little bit different than just LeBron James and uncertainty. So uh, you could say, let's uh, go build a super team. It's very complex to make something like that happen for the team because of the money. Uh, and so they'd probably have to trade – most of their roster to make that happen. Uh, Lonzo Ball, probably Brandon Ingram might be able to keep Kyle Kuzma, but by and large, it would be a very, you would be breaking down all your deaths and, and young players to build up a superstar team. And, and I think that's their goal. 
and their first choice, but it's also one I think they realize is very difficult, probably not likely, but the first decision is most likely more than not anyway, that the Pelicans decide on Anthony Davis. And if they could get in there and agree to a deal and agree to a deal that doesn't happen until July, uh, if they can reach agreements in free agency July 1st, July 2nd, with some of these top free agents, they might be able to get the whole thing done. I wouldn't expect it. I, I don't think it'll happen, but I know that it's something that's it's on the table. It's a possibility. It's something they're trying to achieve. But if you go team by team, they're all trying to achieve all these great things. There's no no team out there that's trying to fail, right? So we'll have to see how the Lakers do. I don't. They don't have a proven track record uh, with their GM. Uh, Rob Palenka, he's basically, this is his first time in charge uh, because Magic Johnson was in charge previously, so we'll have to see what he can accomplish. Seems like things are uh, flying along just just great with Rob. Um, so <laughs> I, <laughs> free agency should be no difference, uh, different, I imagine. Um, well, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do. Um, so question I have for you, uh, with the way this thing played out with Kawhi, uh, obviously traded um, – you know, and the Raptors took a chance to to have a one year rental, uh, but couldn't you couldn't have drawn it up any better the way this has gone? And um, you know, obviously we'll we'll see what happens with Kawhi in the future. But uh, a place like Salt Lake um, that in the past has had you know I guess a, an advertised difficult time getting high level free agents to come here. Um, do you think that the the landscape shifts to where people are a little more open to possibly taking? or rolling the dice on a guy uh, with a year left uh, watching how this has, has played out for Kawhi and the Raptors? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's one of those things where if you can rent a superstar for one year and get a championship, assuming they win, but he leaves, I think a lot of teams would say that they would take that. Uh, if they don't win and he leaves, then I don't think it really moves the needle because it's just – and if and if they even if they do win and, and he leaves, it, it's still if, it, if Dennis Lindsay is trying to build for long term success and build something that can, uh, it's not just a, oh let's just get one title. He he might not be interested in that kind of thing. Uh, I think it's very subjective. It depends on the team, the franchise, the situation, uh, and how they want to build what they want to build around. Uh, it can be very uncomfortable to get somebody who's just there for one year. Uh, I think Kawhi's personality. Uh, he's not very outspoken, uh, and so maybe that made it easier. But maybe a more outspoken guy might might, might make that situation more difficult. So uh, Paul George stayed. That was a good example. Uh, but more often than not, uh, one-year guy, one-year rental guys, uh, they don't stick around. And uh, if you look at the history of it, uh, guys who were traded to teams they didn't want to go to, more often than not, don't stick around. Uh, Dwight Howard would be an example of that. I could probably come up with a handful more. So we'll have to wait and see. This is really an you know an exciting time. Uh, this is potentially the last day of the season, and then we get full on into the off season, and uh, it's going to be a wild summer. Eric, what do you think the Jazz are lacking, and do you think they'll be able to uh, to um, uh, I guess identify those issues this summer? Well, uh, obviously you've got a nice player uh, in Donovan Mitchell as. as Potentially your star point guard. Um, I don't think he's he came in the league as a point guard, more of a, a Dwayne Wade kind of point guard, uh, which is you know amazing. And Dwayne Wade would, is the exactly the kind of guy you hope Donovan Mitchell turns out to be. And all signs point to a uh, similar level of character in, in their personality and talent. It's just a question of uh, 
opportunity and putting the right pieces around him. So you've got a great center defensively with Rudy Gobert. I'm not entirely sold that Derek Favors and Gobert can play together uh, as the primary core of that. So you, you need to add shooting, of course, and you need to add... Uh, I don't think Rubio expects to be back. There was a report that he was told he wasn't expected to be back. So uh, a veteran point guard could do wonders because then you don't have to rely on Donovan Mitchell to do everything, and I think that's that's important. So you know, you know, there was a, there were rumors of Mike Conley as a, a trade possibility, I think, at the deadline, and I, I think that'll resume. I think that's a you – know, Conley is, is a really high-character guy uh, and a good veteran. He's expensive, uh, but – as you said, if, if the if the Jazz struggle to sign free agents, then their best opportunity is probably to trade for them. And the Grizzlies have a lot of money invested in a player uh, that they just don't need anymore because they're they're rebuilding. They're they're nowhere near contention, and they've also recycled their front office, so they have new people in charge. So they're not beholden to to trying to eke out whatever with Mike Conley. So that that to me is would be a great fit. Uh, I like Joe Ingles. I, I, I like the team a lot. Uh, I'm leaving out some of the players, but it, it's they, they've done a really nice job of bringing in quality talent, good people, and uh, they're one of the better teams as far as uh, one of the better franchises in the league. The hard part is overcoming <laughs> the free agent gap, and that's where trades come in. Uh, Eric, um, just jumping into the draft, uh, obviously a foregone conclusion that the first three picks will probably go uh, in the direction of Zion and, and Jean Morant and uh, and R.J. Barrett. What's another guy on the board um, that you think makes a, a immediate impact for a team uh, besides those three guys? Uh, well, I, I think if you want to talk immediate impact, uh, DeAndre Hunter is, is a really nice pick uh, for immediate impact uh, because he he's not uh, as young as some of the other players. Uh, he's already shown what he could do in the in the in the biggest of stages, at least on the co- collegiate level. Uh, but he can defend right off the bat, and I think that's what coaches, by and large, are looking for. Uh, unless you've got like an absolute elite offensive talent, uh, when rookies come in, if they can play defense, then they can play because you're not at a disadvantage. And if they can play, now you can develop them. And, and you look at the Clippers last year with Shea Gilgis Alexander, and that's a good example of that. Shea came in very solid defensively, and so he was able to get minutes and able to develop so that by the end of the year came and the playoffs came, he wasn't as much of a rookie. He was far more experienced than your typical rookie, and that, that's always a positive. So I, I think that's DeAndre Hunter, somebody like that. Uh, I'm not as much of a, a draft expert. Uh, I look at guys in that next range as Jarrett Culver. Uh, he's someone who's got great upside, but I think he's more of like a a year or two or so before he's as high impact. Like Darius Garland is a guard. Uh, he's someone who's really, uh, he barely played in college. He got hurt and uh, has tremendous upside and great ball handling, maybe in the vein of a Kyrie Irving. But is he going to come in as a Kyrie Irving? No, I think he's going to come in as a rookie. And and so when you say needed impact, uh, short-term, no. I mean, long-term, any of these players pan out, they're really nice acquisitions it's interesting you hit culver because he's a guy that i I i've got my eye on as somebody that uh will will go down the list a little bit but i think he's a guy that right away could really help a a team i I just love what i've seen from him at the collegiate level right he likes to play defense and so that that's something that he prides himself on so right off the bat i think that's the starting point will they play defense or are they just an absolute elite talent you can't stop hey eric thank you so much we really appreciate your time keep up the good work 
All right, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Eric Pincus, he writes for uh, Basketball Insiders. He also covers the Lakers for Bleacher Report and uh, does some radio work as well. We really appreciate him uh, coming on and uh, and giving us a little insight. What do you think of John Morant? We were talking a little draft there. You like uh, you like his game? You think it will translate? I really do. I, I like his athleticism, and it seems as though guys who – have that little extra lift in, you know, just some of the plays he made last year were unbelievable in the lane, but he grew on me a lot. Uh, he, you know, there was kind of a lore about him and then just having the opportunity to watch him play um, and then take his team to the tournament again. I think there's something to that kid for sure. Um, but it's going to be interesting because I think that that whole issue, I mean, Zion's clearly number one, but you kind of fall into, you know, is Morant going to be better than Barrett down the road? Uh, those are those are the, the interesting questions for sure. I like him because he's got panache. No, no doubt. He's got tons of panache. Fun to watch no, play. No question. He'll, so, he'll definitely be a crowd favorite wherever he goes. And I like guys like that and like, say, Damian Lillard, who didn't necessarily need to go to Kentucky or Duke and still ball out and get the recognition and, and draft position they deserve. That's right. Speaking of crowd favorites, Mike's back. Mike is here, our friend Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services. And we're talking air conditioners, Mike. And uh, let's talk a little efficiency. This new equipment they've got is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it is. If you think about how inefficient the equipment used to be, it, you used to be able to install, like, say, a six-seer system, and now the minimum that you're able to install is a 13-seer. And so there's a really big difference in the efficiency. And the higher up the number gets, uh, you know, the high, the more efficient it is. But even with uh, those efficiencies in the new equipment, Energy.gov says that we still spend $29 billion annually cooling our homes. About 6% of the electricity that we produce goes towards cooling our homes. All right, so let's talk about rebates then for higher efficiency equipment because I knew I know they do like to incentivize those things a little bit. Yeah, and I mean most of the incentives are going to be revolve around trying to get you to up the efficiency of the system because you think about the utility companies, they want uh, less strain on the infrastructure that they have and so they're going to give you a little bit of a kickback if you can upgrade the efficiency there and manufacturers I I mean I think they're probably just trying to move equipment but they're trying to incentivize you to upgrade the efficiency there as well. And so the higher the efficiency you get, it, the higher efficiency equipment costs a little bit more. But the higher you go, the more you're going to save on your um, monthly bill that you're paying. And so it kind of helps to even out with the rebates and the monthly savings to make it more affordable. And the savings you're talking about today is incredible rebates from a couple of different places, including any hour. Any hour. Absolutely. You know, man, between the manufacturers and the utility companies, you got up to $2,000 back on qualifying high-efficiency air conditioners, and then any hours kicking in another $600 off any air conditioner you choose. So, if you know that you're in the market for a new air conditioner, if yours is on the, the edge and you don't want to take the chance of it making it through another summer, this is a great time to shop and start seeing what it's going to take. And all you're doing tonight is setting up a free visit to meet with one of our HVAC supervisors. There's no obligation. You're not agreeing to purchase anything. You're just calling up and say, hey, I want to find out what options are available. And the reason you want to call tonight is that we're going to note the account if you mentioned that you heard us on the big show tonight. And we're going to, after our supervisors meet with you and show you what options are available, even if you say, no thanks, I don't want to buy one, they're going to give you dinner and movie tickets just to say thanks for your time. 
So if you've even just been thinking about it, now yep. is a great time to to check it out. No obligation. The visit is free as always, uh, but the rebates are great. Twenty six up to excuse me, twenty six hundred dollars. And if you call before seven, you just have to meet with them and you get dinner and a movie for free. Yep. Well done, Mike. You always do good work for our Thank listeners, you. man. All right, 801-443-7400 is the number you need to call. 801-443-7400. Any hour services. Mike, thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, uh, we'll get to Dirk Facer coming up right around the corner. We also want to rem- uh, remind you that uh, uh, our, our friends at Ivory Homes is Utah's number one home builder. Ivory Homes brings experience, quality, and design to every home and community they build. Learn more at ivoryhomes.com. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Greg wants to know, is DJ ready to pardon the wasp that stung him so badly he needed a life flight? I guess I could pardon him posthumously because I killed him when I oh, got yeah, stung. Oh, yeah. swatted I him. killed that wasp. Yeah. I looked that wasp eye to eye, and I said, you are going down. It sounded more like this. Are you ready? <laughs> this is what it sounded like. Honey, get the fly swatter upstairs. I'm going downstairs. I'm getting in the car. I'm driving, and I may not be back. There's a bee in our backyard. and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Sports Radio is right here on The Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. No Gordon Monson today. He'll be back next week. Filling in for Gordon, Tim Lacombe. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line, Tim. Uh, he covers the Utes for the Deseret News. He's got a great Q&A up right now at Des- uh, DeseretNews.com. Uh, conversation with Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan. He's our good friend Dirk Facer with us on the big show. Hi, Dirk. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good hey, to Dirk. Have you How are you? today. Hey, thanks, Dirk. How's life with you, my friend? It's good. You know, I just got back from uh, my first trip to Hawaii, All so right. I'm very poor, <laughs> but I'm very tan, and I'm ready to get going. So, you spend a little money over there, did you? Uh, you know, you can't help it over there because everything's expensive. Even uh, even those nice snacks that a chubby guy like myself enjoys. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on with us, Dirk, and enjoyed your Q&A with, uh, with Mark Harlan. Uh, take us through a couple of things that maybe stood out to you in your conversation with him. You you covered a lot of ground. You know, he did. He was very generous with his time, um, you know, hit him with a variety of topics, and uh, it was kind of an unfiltered thing. We didn't say, he never once said, don't print that or don't say this. He, you know, he stood by his remarks and uh you know, we kind of danced around, uh, not danced around, but we kind of went, included a lot of issues about even playing BYU and Utah State and talking about the state of the basketball program and state of the football program expansion. We went through a variety of topics, and uh, it was very forthcoming, and, uh, you know, he uh, seems to have a grasp on everything that's going on up there right now. What's uh Obviously, he's new. He's got a, he's got a little bit of time under his belt. But uh, what what would you say in talking to him? Uh, does he see as some of the great things going on and some of the challenges that they face? 
You know, some of the great things he thought. You know, he thought he, he said uh, made it clear that he inherited a good situation. He didn't he didn't come in and have to to rebuild or build anything. That Chris Hill and uh, Cal Brennan and the guys had a good thing going. So he felt they you know he jumped into the job with the you know running on it on two feet and uh, getting everything done, no hurdles whatsoever. Um, He's big on the experiences for the student-athletes. That's something that he wants every University of Utah student-athlete to have the best experience possible. You know, a lot of of cliche-ridden things there, obviously, but the fact is is that he's inherited a good situation and he wants to take it to the next level. Internally, Dirk, has he made a lot of waves coming in? I one thing that stood out to me is he said he's been doing a lot of listening since he's gone to the job. Is that is that true? How much disruption has he brought? You know, there's there's a little bit of disruption. Obviously, there's some there's a few personnel changes, and you know, there's people retiring, like Liz Abel, who worked there for years and years as a sports information director and such. Been some changes in that regard, but I do think he came in and listened. Uh, and, you know, I think he's starting to put his mark on things is, you know, he's making hires to replace some people who've been there a long time and, you know, uh, you know, losing Megan Marsden as the gymnastics coach and things, you know, I don't, you know, they, there's a different University of Utah vibe up there, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a changing regime and the changing times. So I think we're going to see more of his handprint on things as, uh, as we move forward. It's been widely publicized, at least uh, the last little while, in terms of of, of payout and revenue uh, by the Power Five conferences. Uh, I know you probably right. talked with him about uh, about that and the payout and where the the Pac-12 is uh, currently in the pecking order. Um, anything interesting come out of those the conversations you had with him? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, he he did say he felt like the conference was heading on a good path to make. You know, decisions in the future, obviously, um, you know, one of the things the league has to do is the league has to win games and in football and basketball, you know, includes non-conference games. They have to show well. they got to obviously make a much stronger presence uh, getting in the college football playoff, much bigger presence in the NCAA basketball tournament. Those are things the schools need to do. And the conference, you know, they're they're looking for somebody to come in and be a strategic partner as far as, TV revenue that maybe give some equity or some payout that they could uh, bridge the gap until the uh, next negotiation period for TV, which I think ends after the uh, 2024 season. Am I mis? Uh, I that actually stood out to me when he was talking to uh, t- or talking about Larry Scott Dirk that his his response didn't exactly sound like a ringing endorsement to me. Am I reading that wrong? No, I agree with you. I was a little taken back, but I asked him because I was expecting, oh, he's the guy, you know, and he, he didn't say that. He noted that, you know, obviously that Larry Scott as the commissioner is going to take shots, and, you know, and he said it's fair to blame the commissioner for this and that, but uh, he, he kind of took the approach. That's for others to decide. He's just working with him and Scott's team and doing what's uh, making the best decisions for the University of Utah, and he said that's kind of where his focus is. Uh, collectively, but uh, yeah, it wasn't exactly a ringing endorsement, but uh, you know, the interesting thing about the Pac-12 is you look at the hierarchy, there's a lot of it's run by the by the presidents and chancellors, and then it filters down to the athletic directors. The athletic directors aren't as involved with Larry Scott as you would think. You know, it seems to be Larry Scott's uh, answering to the uh, to the uh, the big dogs on the campuses, and uh, he kind of filters down from there. 
Uh, Dirk, what do you think the, the future, uh, reading the piece, touched on uh, the relationship currently with BYU and the rivalry, uh, and then also uh, a team like Utah State uh, that is – there's a lot of history uh, on the field, on the court um, with, right. with Utah State. Uh, it seems as though uh, John likes the relationships and sees the value – uh, in those, what uh, what can you tell us about where they st- where Utah stands currently with BYU uh, and Utah State and the in-state schools? Yeah, Mark said that you know, he's, he has a good relationship with Tom Homo to start it off, and he's well aware that uh, Utah and BYU uh, have this rivalry, but he's also aware that the two schools are intertwined. The athletes know each other, grew up competing against each other, and he sees the value in that. And you know, one thing he said was, you know, if it's in the best interest of Utah and the best interest of BYU to take a year or two off again in football, you know, that's a decision that seemingly they would they would make together. Um, but uh, so it sounds like you know, he he sees the value of playing BYU and across across the board in all sports. As for Utah State, he uh, kind of gave a short response, but he said that you know that he'd spoken with John Hartwell, the athletic director up there recently. And uh, he said some of the teams, some of Utah's teams will play you the Aggies and some won't. Um, but he said if it's in the best interest of the University of Utah to play Utah State, they take a good look at it. But, you know, I've been one of the guys that's been kind of beating the drum here uh, silently, it seems like, because no one's listening. But, you know, it's uh, Utah and Utah State are about to enter the, the biggest gap they've had of never playing each other in football, and there's no future meetings planned. And it. I just find it interesting. I know that you know there are lots to be said about you know a lot of teams in the Pac-12 or Power Five that don't have two non-conference uh, rivalry uh, rivalries like Utah would with BYU and Utah State. But uh, it seems to be a shame that you know Utah's playing Wyoming, uh, San Diego State, Northern Illinois teams like that instead of playing the Aggies. Uh, you know, I think as someone who grew up in the state, I hate to see that tradition die, but. It doesn't look like it's going to be a Utah-Utah State football game uh, planned for several years at least. Dirk Facer with us from the Deseret News. Dirk, could you get a sense how much pressure Larry Kraskoviak is going to be under this upcoming year? You know, I, I talked about that. Larry has a, a unique contract where his buyout basically is the, the balance due on his contract. So, it's, you know, we're talking a lot of money there. So there's a pressure Larry you know, determined to get the team back into the NCAA tournament. But, you know, with losing Donnie Tillman now, that they're doing it with sophomores and freshmen, so it remains to be seen what they can do. But, uh, you know, I don't think it's a extremely uh, get-there-or-be-gone situation. I think it's far from that. I think they support what he's doing, especially academically and, and the things he's just have to see if these young guys like Timmy Allen and uh, those guys can step forward and then this group of freshmen that are coming in make a difference. But, uh, you know, basketball is a, a tricky sport. Tim, you know that as well as anyone. That, you know, sometimes it's uh, it's getting the right combination of guys and things can take off. But there's a lot of question marks, obviously, just because of the youth. One thing I loved about Mark's comments was uh, in talking about Coach Krasoviak, who I, is a good friend and, and I have a ton of respect for, for Coach K and, and the guys up on, on the Hill and his staff. Um, he talked about the fact that he wants to be the type of athletic director that is not a, a finger pointer or, or a negative guy 
more so jump in right. and say, uh, you know, what can we do to help? Um, I think that is a, I think that's in terms of just reading this article and having spent a lot of time in the in college athletics, to have somebody like that on your side as a coach, um, you know, and have that message be definitely carved and put out there is really impressive. Yeah, it is. And then that, and that uh, he stood by that. And, you know, you can see some changes, obviously, with some of the scheduling that Utah is doing in basketball, you know, even having that San Diego State game at the Staples Center, things like that. You know, they're, they're working to build those, try to get those quality wins that will get you in the tournament. But, you know, quality opportunities, but they've got to turn into wins, obviously. It's one thing to play these, you know, tough non-conference opponents you got to win it. And then the league itself has to get off to a, a really good start in non-conference play. Otherwise, as you know, you know a bad preseason, the non-conference play can just wipe a, a conference like the Pac-12 off the board because it's like, boy, they didn't beat anybody in non-conference play. And so who cares who wins the league? You know what just, I mean? So and it, then they just end up beating each other up in leagues. So it just uh, it makes it really difficult. Exactly. you got a bunch of 18 and 10 teams and, and – nobody's uh, really a sure thing to get in the tournament. So it, it, it's an interesting dynamic. Dirk, you are the absolute best. Really enjoyed that uh, Q&A with Mark Harlan. We appreciate you jumping well, on the air to guys. talk about it, man. Thanks. Anytime. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Dirk. Dirk Facer covers the Utes for the Deseret News and has for uh, many, many years. Was Dirk uh, was Dirk on the beat when you were up at the Utah? No, it was it was PK actually for the for the trib. PK was the trib. Oh, I'm but, sorry, uh, trib. It was uh, I think it was Mike Sorensen actually. Okay, yeah, yeah I think Mike, Mike actually did, did Utah. Yeah, because I know Dirk uh, Dirk goes back a ways. I just wasn't sure if he went back all that. Yeah, way. I got my my papers crossed. Sorry about that. Yeah, it was uh, it was Mike and and PK. Yeah, trust me, I'm well aware PK covered Majerus. Yeah. I think we all are, are Did well he? aware. Does he ever talk about it? <laughs> he never. He doesn't talk about his uh, time living in L.A. either. Rarely talks about no. that. Mm-hmm. No. If 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 ever. Flagstaff. <laughs> never talks about that. <laughs> no. Did you know he was from Jersey? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Want to remind you, join Scotty and Hans at the Mountainland Supply Customer Appreciation Days this Wednesday from 11 to 3. Uh, it's actually noon to 3, 1505 West, 130 South in Orem. Enjoy free Bam Bam's barbecue, uh, Dapper and Dash, and much, much more. You're a big Bam Bam's guy, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Utah County, and that's My a big My boy thing Cam down there. down there. It's If you want some good barbecue, that's a good spot. Didn't I see that uh, they're also loving him uh, in New Orleans and Louisiana? He's gone down there and given the Saints uh, uh, some food and stuff, yeah. and he's, yeah, he's, he's a got big a, deal now? He's got a great relationship with Taysom Hill, and, and so Taysom had him come down and cook for the team, and I guess it's been on more than one occasion. Uh, they had a good, had some good luck, so they kept uh, kept Cam coming to town to fire, fire some barbecue. That's up. pretty cool. All right, we've got the Not Sports Report coming up next. I'll, I'll fill in from Gordon. I have, an, I have a number of Not Sports stories, I think, uh, that will have some interest. Great. Other than the ones he usually picks. So. Perfect. So that's good news. All right, more straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Lesson learned. It's gone the exact opposite that I thought. 3-1 Toronto in the lead. But you've been saying it. I've been saying it. We're going down. Going down with the ship. Yeah. Still picking the Warriors. Warriors to Titletown. <laughs> what other hill will you die on? And what hill have you died on? One of mine was Ryan Leaf. Should have taken him over Peyton Manning. Okay. Yeah. I was all about it. No. Ryan Leaf. Better body. Better arm. Better this. He was at Washington State and he tore it up with them. <laughs> I mean, this? come on. He took him to the Rose Bowl for the first time forever. Yeah. You lots to work with. I was a big Derek Williams guy coming out of Arizona. <laughs> I thought he would be the number one pick. I would spend everything I could to draft him at number one. Yeah.
Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. So 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONA. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by, well, Tony and Austin this morning at 850. And you'll win his own prize pack, the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. Time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. All right, Tim, you ready for a couple of these? I am so ready. I'm so anxious to see what you've come up with. I, I, I've I, got a couple of stories here that I think are, are at least of interest. You, let, let's stop. We'll start with the celebrity one. Uh, Justin Bieber sent out this tweet today. Okay. Uh, he says, I want to challenge Tom Cruise to a fight in the octagon. Tom, if you don't take this fight, you're scared and you will never live it down. Who is willing to put on the fight? And then tagged at Dana White. Wow. So why is, first of all, why would Justin Bieber be so upset at Tom Cruise that he wants to fight him? And second of all, who would you take in that match? Oh, I'd take Tom Cruise. Over the Beebs? Over the Beebs. The Beebs is like 20 years younger than he I is. I know. 30 years younger than he is. Experience and anger. You know? <laughs> is Tom Cruise really angry? I would imagine just dealing with this, his business for so long. You know, I imagine you got a bunch of aggression. I can speak to my, you know, 23 years in a certain profession. I would imagine that's probably, uh, but yes, I, I just so out got, of just out of principle. So I'd he's got go that with, old man edge, of course. He's got the he's been there, done that, yeah. that type. And of he's thing. in good shape. I mean, he's you know he'd be fine. He's out there doing it. Yeah. Is he still a Scientologist? Is that still a thing? Um. Yeah, I believe so. All right. All right. Uh, on to the next story. How about this? Uh, you, you travel a lot, flying a lot of planes. Um, a, a passenger on a UK to Pakistan flight. Uh, at uh, Manchester Airport caused severe delays after opening the emergency exit door in an attempt to reach the bathroom while the plane was still on the ground. <laughs> but imagine if it was in the air. Some ladies trying to go to the bathroom and pops open the emergency exit. Oh Isn't that everybody's gosh. fear? Absolutely. I, and you're right. I, it, it is awesome to travel, but, man, you better be prepared for some wacky stuff. You know, you run Seems into some like, wild stuff. I bet. You know, I've never, never opened the or seen anybody open the emergency door looking for the bathroom, but I have had. Uh, it's. It seems as though every seat I ever pick on a plane, you know, I get on there and try to finagle my little spot right on my on my app, but it seems as though I get the three hundred fifty four, and, and not that there's anything wrong with that. Okay, I'll preface that, but the dude should be paying for half of my seat. Somebody who takes up a little more room. A little more room. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's no way that the little arm rest is coming down. No way. Uh, because, so it's just me and whoever my neighbor is. And, and some awkward touching. And me with half a seat. Yeah, that, see, you never know what to do because every time you move, you're like bumping and it's just. It's not good. No, it's it's terrible. Yeah. You would never sit that close to a stranger. And, in t- at, you know, on a plane's it's couple hours at a time 
Excuse me, ma'am. You're going to kill us all. I think the bathroom <laughs> is down there. So, if what's uh, hey, what's the rule on somebody who's overly chatty? How do you how do you send the message politely that like, hey, I, I just want to read my book. I just I, headphones. You know, you just hey, sorry, you know, great meeting you. I'm going to take a nap. Or, yeah, I just go with headphones. I think it's a universal sign. Because I had yesterday, and this wasn't on the plane, this was waiting for the plane, because I got to the airport a little early, so I posted up at the uh, the bar by my gate and just was reading my book. And I noticed that uh, the couple chairs down from me, some guy was just, I mean, he had been overserved, obviously, but he was just talking to everybody and just was overly friendly let me put it just that go way. to the headphones next time and and dude the the two people got up and left my buffer got up and left and all of a sudden this dude just comes right up to me and i'm i'm just have my book like i'm obviously reading and he goes hey man i'm gonna invade your space i'm gonna talk to you oh gosh what do i do it is uh that is that is a tough one but from years of experience you just have to be kind as you can be but seriously I, headphones were made for that purpose for traveling no yeah. question all right I, i've got a couple other quick ones and we can we can get uh, we're going to talk to mike here in a second i, I want to get his opinion on the last one but uh, real quick in uh, let's see a southern uh, area of siberia russia a man was attacked uh by a brown bear uh he said uh, the guy said uh, when i saw the bear at first i froze in horror i didn't have any weapons not even a knife i began to scream i thought it would not attack but the bear charged towards me now here's where the story gets interesting the man says uh, i managed to punch him in the face but he pounced <laughs> and knocked me off my feet uh the bear knocked him down and started biting at that point the bear is trying to bite this guy's face so you know what the guy did he bit the bear's tongue off. Oh my! And the God. bear stopped attacking and fled. That dude needs to be on going the uh, late night circuit. Look at look at the picture of this dude. I mean that bear, that bear got after him. Holy cow, man! Oh, and he had the presence of mind. I'm going to bite this bear's tongue off. He, they should do another Jackie Moon <laughs> spinoff and have him be the bear wrestler. That's amazing, right? That's amazing. I would. Think That's a tough guy. Well, you know, S- Siberia. They don't. That's uh, true. They don't raise them soft over there. I don't. <laughs> I don't think. We're going to send you to Siberia. All right, I've uh, I've got one more for you, and uh, you've got kids who are uh, hip. You know, of that age where they're or at they're least think they are young yeah. and and with it. And uh, we can get Mike's thoughts on this, but apparently this is a new trend called sunburn tattoos, and uh, they stencil on a, a pattern that they sunburn into their themselves wow uh, that's a thing like like look at this idiot kid with the batman logo <laughs> sunburned onto his chest oh my gosh our kids if you're if your kids came to you and said hey dad check out this new sunburned batman tattoo i got what would your reaction i be? wouldn't be as at least that's something that they, they make a poor decision but it goes away that's right? true unlike I, a real tattoo yeah, my uh my cousin played football at byu and he thought it'd be a good idea to brand himself with the the starting letter of his last name so he has a humongous w that he branded himself with not the smartest thing who would think that that would be a good idea so at least the sunburn okay you get sunburned everybody's been sunburned yeah they go away i i would think i would say no as soon as they approached me with that hot iron i think it'd be you know what on on second thought this isn't 
this isn't just for think me. of all the things you evaded though through all your poor decision making years. True, right? I didn't come away with you the brand. Through. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I'm solid. Mike, uh, would you would you go with a sunburn tattoo? Is that that something you do out at the beach? I have an any hour uh, sunburn <laughs> tattoo on my back right now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's sunny outside. I drove over here with my shirt off and uh, got a little bit of sunburn going on basically consider it advertising right that's right yeah that's right i charge the company back for the aloe that i have to purchase <laughs> all right that is mike on your expense report what's the aloe vera for what is this charge <laughs> let me show you <laughs> mike's in the in the house from any hour services and you were talking about steer ratings uh, earlier let's let's go over the those who may not be familiar what's that all about yeah sorry that's an industry term it's actually an acronym it stands for seasonal energy efficiency ratio and it's really just a way for you to be able to compare across brands uh, the energy efficiency of the system. So if you're if you're shopping around and talking to different companies, most companies are going to have a main uh, brand or a main line that they carry. And so if one company comes out and quotes you a, a 13 sear or a 16 sear air conditioner, you can meet with another company, and if as long as the equipment is similar size rating and sear rating, you're going to be getting a comparable equipment. What about folks out there who maybe aren't sure? Like, maybe I can fix this and keep this air conditioner going for a little while. How do you know when it's time? Well, here's the thing. If your air conditioner is is kind of acting up, here's the approach that I recommend people take. And I, I always say, exhaust the inexpensive options first. And maybe that's just because I'm a cheapskate. But I would, <laughs> I would say, as far as servicing your air conditioner goes, or the steps that you can take, the first step is manufacturers say that you should actually have the thing serviced once a year. So it's kind of like changing the oil. So there's there's basic maintenance that I would recommend. If your system's acting up, take that step first. That's usually the least expensive service that a company offers. And they should come out there and tweak it and do all the things that manufacturers say. But they also should leave you with a written report that says, hey, here's the stuff that I found. You may have a capacitor that's weak. You may have uh, you know, a compressor that's starting to go out or a blower fan that's getting really dirty or the coil's not letting enough air through. And so they should give you a report to let you know where it's at. And if there are any pieces that need to be repaired, that's the next step. First, you've got maintenance. Then you've got the actual repairs that you make. So you can replace some parts and things like that. It's just then you go back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, asking yourself those questions. How broken is it? How often is it breaking down? How old is it? How expensive are the repairs? And then you can start to formulate in your head, like, okay, this thing is breaking down every year, and I'm having to put more and more money into it. I think I'm going to go ahead and invest in a new equipment. I think I would be money ahead. But the point is, it's it's a personal choice, and it should just be that, your choice. So if a company comes out there and they say, hey, you don't have any choices here. You have to replace it. I would, I would be cautious there, because unless they don't make parts for your system anymore, it should be able to be repaired, and they should give you some options. Now, different things cost different amounts, and you may still choose to replace it. But I would go that route, maintenance, repair, and then look at replacement. Now, for people out there who might be going through this process, pay attention to the offer Mike's going to say, because now is a great time to figure it out. Absolutely. Manufacturers and utility companies are offering up to $2,000 back on qualifying high-efficiency air conditioners, plus any hours kicking in another 600 bucks on off of any air conditioner you choose. So that's up to 2600 bucks in possible savings on a new air conditioner. The visit is always free to meet with one of our HVAC supervisors, and that's all you're setting up when you call in tonight is one of those free visits. But the reason it's important to call tonight is that we're going to actually note the account, say, your zone listener, you called in during the big show, and after our supervisors meet with you and show you all of the options that are available, they're going to give you dinner and movie tickets just to say thanks for your time, whether you buy anything or not. 
All right, no obligation. The visit's always free. You save up to 2600 bucks with those rebates. And if you call now before 7 and get on the schedule, and they'll come out and talk to you, you can get dinner and a movie. Call now, 801-443-7400, 801-443-7400. Any hour services. Mike, thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, 5 o'clock hour kicks off next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.